interrupt our program to bring you this important message. So y'all have heard of the cigar brandy party at the NRA convention, right? It's like yes, it's the the party every year at the NRA convention where it's congressmen and all the business owners and all these people, and then they'll have a few little celebrities that they'll trickle in to make these other people feel important. Okay, I think it's more important than that, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's we're we're on this almost like a wedding receiving line at one point in time. And this is my beginnings in the firearms industry. So I don't know anything about the specs op community spec ops community outside of you know Air Force TACP guys and stuff like that, and only a little bit about them. But it's these guys we were hanging out with was two SEALs, a Delta Force guy me an nfl player and another two seals and these congressmen start walking by and remember i don't know anything about the lingo or anything like this and he's shaking their hands and he gets to me and he shakes my hand and he goes so uh zeke where what what team were you on and i said well i played a little college basketball <laughs> and dude <laughs> these guys fell out and it was the delta force guy next to me and he kind of nudged me he goes like no no dude he thinks you're a seal <laughs> and i was like no and i guess it was the burly bearded tattoo yeah. whatever and i'm just like i i'm i'm oblivious to the to to the lingo and i just thought oh he's asking if i played basketball football soccer whatever <laughs> right. synchronized swimming yeah. that's what i really look like it i look like a back in swimmer. the day yeah, pretty much. You couldn't but believe you got recognized. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than what I would say. I would have been like, ah, you got me. I played Pop Warner fifth grade and sixth grade. <laughs> you know, like, I'm glad you noticed. Like, that was me. Pop that works Warner. too. But I was <laughs> yeah. I was dead serious. And oh, that was the worst part. Like they're all dying laughing because they knew what he was asking. I had no clue. <laughs> I was deadpan, like, oh, yeah, I played a little college basketball back in my day. And he looks at me like I shot his child. <laughs> and he was so mad. And when 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 the, the, the Delta guy kind of nudged me and told me that, I turned around. I was mortified. I was like, no, 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 I'm not a SEAL. I'm, I'm no, nothing. I've never done anything like yeah. that. I'm, that's, I'm sorry. That, I'm sorry if you thought that. <laughs> while, while you were in the middle of giving him an autograph, right? You're like, all right, yeah. I'll, I'll just put my yeah. pen back. All right. <laughs> And then you asked him, do you want to take a picture with me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just bring you, take for a because, you know, I never played in a single game. I was on the bench. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. So, Ski, you know it. I know it. I'm letting everybody know. Tonight, we got Zeke Stoughton here talking, starting out telling us a story. We're going to get into why he's on the show, why he's kind of like one of the disruptors that I've probably been talking to for, I don't know now, maybe a year or two, something like that on Instagram. Um, but his background is really cool. He was host of master of arms on discovery channel, uh, which is great now because people can just pull it up and watch those episodes. And we'll talk about some of the background. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, which is great now because it's canceled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, nowadays, man, you can access anything. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm still watching old episodes of Growing Pains. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking it's like a new show. And uh, and now he's into uh, Modern Gun School, which we're going to talk about as well. And his background in firearms, growing up in the South, music, skateboarding, like all of it. You know what I'm saying? It's like we all kind of share a brain. So mm -hmm. we're, so we're going to get into all of that. I'll take it all the way back, though, when the first time I remember seeing you, I think was when you had mentioned earlier, like NRA, but 
but I saw you at Shot Show maybe like two years ago or 2020. It's when going on three basketball game three right? years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, in 2020, basketball game. Yeah. yeah, the big basketball game, <clears throat> and Jason Swar and Ben from Skill Set were being the uh, what do you call it the the commentators. Yeah, but y'all yeah. were playing. Uh, it was like Coleon Noir and a couple of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think Black Rambo was on the team. Yep. Yeah. yeah, but but I was like that dude, like sitting off on the side. I wouldn't get in any of the photographs and. And Jason Swar from Skill Set's like, jump in the photo, man. And I was like, ah, <laughs> I can't do that. And he ends up throwing his hand up in front of my face, like and throws, throws a sign, the Skill Set sign. And that yeah. was like the only photo I took out there at Shot Show. But <laughs> I, I had a blast, dude. Well, I remember yeah. you reached out on Instagram and we started talking back and forth. And I was going, yeah. who was he? <laughs> who, who is he? I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I, remember, I remember my dog is eating my mail right now. Good job. Good. You, did you pick the anyway. loudest envelope to chew while, while I'm on a podcast? Thank you. <laughs> no, but I remember going, oh, who is he? And I think you sent that picture and you're like, I'm the one with the hand over my face. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, like well, crap. All right, we'll just hang out and be friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but my that plan good, was, I know what you yeah. look like as a kid because you post those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to, man. Like, I've got a stack of photos. And people are always like, dude, you're always posting like old pictures. I can't, I can't help it, man. It's, it's fun yeah. to go back. But, but the plan was to like go back to shot show the next year. Well, that was like right before COVID broke out yeah. like that. Remember we were down there in January and I think February, March by then we were, you know, already experiencing the lockdown and I haven't, unfortunately I haven't been back since then. Yeah. I keep telling ski that we need to go though. I'm I'll tell you what, this last shot show was the best shot show I've ever attended. And I mm-hmm. think it was probably because of the leftover remnants of the the COVID rules. Because y'all been mm-hmm. to, have both of y'all been to Shot Show before? <clears throat> no, I have ski not. has not. Yeah, ski has not. All right, so it is asses to elbows every aisle. I mean, you can barely walk. It, I mean, to get two hundred yards to the other side of the building takes you over an hour. It's just mm-hmm. insane. And people will stop you and talk and hang out. I mean, not like annoying just like friends will see you and you because you see everybody you'd only see like once a year there this last one i don't know if it was the covid rules or the mask rules or whatever there was hardly anybody there so i got so much business oh. done it, it was amazing <laughs> yeah. i'm like oh well maybe we can kind of keep these rules around <laughs> no shot show yeah. is the biggest firearms like convention yes. the, in the u.s is that correct Correct. Yeah. Okay. It might be the world. There's a shot show Europe. It's not called shot show Europe, but everybody around here calls it shot show Europe and it's pretty big, but I think the Vegas one is still the biggest. It's one of the biggest, not the biggest, but it's one of the biggest Vegas conventions too. So, wow. Yeah. It, when I went out there, I wasn't expecting that. So like, uh, Jason Swart in my skill set hooked it up and said, Hey, just pay for your ticket hotel, but just fly out here. You know, you, you can get in. Um, so when, when I went out there, I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting like a gun show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. in the South, like a couple of guys selling guns. Maybe I'm, someone I'm a, shows how much some... you want for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much is shotgun? I like that shotgun. How much? Is... <laughs> yeah, right. Like yeah, like, yeah. I'll trade you. And, and the occasional I'm... ATF agent. Hey, you, you mind buying that gun for me? I'll give you a hundred dollars. So like, get out of here, Fed. Me, you me being a convicted felon. I mean, you mind buying that for me? <laughs> you mind straw purchasing this for me? And why do you have a high and tight and the perfect <laughs> military issue G Shock watch? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> 
Like, don't don't mind my five eleven pants. I'm telling you, yeah. I need you to buy me this yeah. gun. But no, when I got out, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I yeah. was like, okay, it'll be kind of cool. A couple of people, man. I quickly got like overwhelmed when I got out there. And, oh, yeah. and Ursula Ursula Williams, who's like this firearm shooting like just badass, and she's written some skill set articles. Uh, and and so I linked up with her as soon as I got out there, and she's like. She's like, I'm the freshman at like spring break vacation. You know, and she's the senior <laughs> upperclassman, like going to walk me through it. Like get she's ready. <laughs> yeah. She's like, get ready. Cause when you hit shot show, it's like four floors yeah. and it's like the, the biggest mosh pit of complete strangers. And like you said, you're literally, you're just, you, you can't, you don't have any personal space. No, so you're just no. bumping into everybody, you know? And it's just like, Oh, this is bad. Oh yeah. So I would have to like just find a corner off in the distance, like wherever I could get my back to a wall and just be like, all right, I gotta catch my breath and just stop breathing no, all No, I've never been, but I can't imagine there's any egos there, right? No, no, everybody's okay. very humble. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's like, Oh, you're better just than me. No, like you're better than me. No, you're better than me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Five thousand type A personalities all jacked up. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, just, yeah. just like crowded into one little room. No, not there. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, and like the the really cool thing though that I liked the the most about it was like in the evening, when everything yeah. was shut down or not shut down, but like yeah, everybody leaves the the conference area or whatever, and then you just kind of hit the the cigar bars or whatever, and you just kind of hang out and talk. Yeah. And I mean, like all jokes, it is kind of like a spring break for adults where you're just kind of moving in and out and talking to people, and that was when. Like I enjoyed it. So if I go back, unless like you're saying, if, if the COVID rules are in and, and it's not that crowded, I'll go in. But like, man, my plan is to go back for that week and just hang out at night and see everybody and not, not getting that mosh pit of germs and BO. I used to get into the after parties and, oh, I got to get invited to the cry party. I got to go to this party. I got to (laughs) get, yeah. Until you do a few of them. And then you're like, I'm six o'clock rolls around. I'm going to the hotel. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I'll, I'll have dinner with some strategic people or if my friends are going yeah. out other than mm-hmm. that, I just can't do it. I mean, and don't get me wrong. The cry party is always insane. It, they throw a lot of money at that party. Mm-hmm. I just can't hang. I'm 46 years old. I'm like, I'm in bed by nine 30. I'm yeah. shocked that I agreed to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right? Look, I'm sitting there at one bar one night with a guy, Marcus Torgus and like the coolest dude in the world, like most yeah. positive. And he is just like chugging Red Bull and I'm drinking water as fast as I can go. And we're just laughing because we're the only people not drinking. Everybody else is, like I said, it's Vegas and yeah. everybody's pounding the beers and, and whatever other alcohol and stuff. We're just kind of like taking it all in, but. <laughs> so now when you were, when you were out there, what, what, like back in 2020, were you doing the, the, um, gun school then or no, is this something more new? So we had, I was working for them. Yes, but we hadn't announced yeah. it yet. So the TV show, like you'd mentioned before, Master of Arms, mm-hmm. it got canceled the year before the May before. Okay. So mm-hmm. I did actually a year of marketing in the motorcycle industry is kind of my gap between because I used to work for another gunsmith in college and I made it to where I was their executive vice president and kind of built them a little bit up mm-hmm. and TV show happened, left that school, did the show, 
it got canceled. We moved on and I went into the motorcycle industry for a year, which I loved. I love motorcycles too. I miss my Harley so bad. Wow. Not you. My dog's name Harley. He just <laughs> looked up like, oh, I'm not putting you down. I swear. <laughs> um, but, you know, I got in the motorcycle world for a while and then I had an opportunity to come up to, to get in some equity uh, in modern gun school, which is a competitor of my former employer. But you know, they, they do a good job. They've got a really good program. So, uh, got in there, we rebranded it to MGS trade school, just funner to say, you know, acronyms <laughs> instead of full names, <laughs> easier yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Start going with MGS and we didn't announce it until after shot show. Um, okay. So I got in there and kind of rekindled some of the relationships I had and told them what I was going to be doing. And then we announced it like the week after. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, I was doing a lot of the stuff. Well, all can the you, stuff I was doing. Can you give us just a quick breakdown of what modern gun school is? Yeah. So it's an online gunsmithing school. Um, you enroll in school and, and a lot of people will hear that. And it's, it's a big obstacle you have to overcome. Well, how do you learn gunsmithing online? That's a very hands-on thing. We teach you all the concepts you need to know. And we send out the hands-on projects. Anything from as simple as silver soldering to refinishing a wood stock. You know, we send out an M1 Garand stock and you have to refinish it and a bunch of other hands-on projects in between. And um, you, you take it online at your own pace. We give you up to, I believe it's 18 months to complete it. Um, <clears throat> and then once you're done, you have all the knowledge base you need to become a gunsmith. And this is where I kind of get into these debates with people that are like, you can't learn gunsmithing online. Harvard is now teaching surgery courses online. <laughs> right, right. You can teach any concept you can possibly come up with online. Can you be proficient at it because you learned it online? I don't know. We're mm -hmm. giving you the knowledge. It's up to you what you do with it. If you if I taught you gunsmithing in a brick and mortar schoolhouse and you ask me, can I become a gunsmith by taking your course? I'm gonna tell you I don't know. Because mm -hmm. I know doctors that go to, you know, Johns Hopkins medical school and they're the shittiest doctors you've ever met. You know, <laughs> right. And it's one of the yeah. top medical schools in the country. And then I know doctors that have gone to, you know, some Filipino medical school. May my, I can't ever say right. Memonides, <laughs> <Something laughs> like, but there's a medical school in the Philippines and they're one of the best doctors I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. um so it's all how you take that knowledge and you apply it uh one thing that we try to do is we try to get the students connected with uh outside people that might be willing to them, do like an internship and stuff like that it's not an official mgs thing but we're, we kind of say hey you want to go do this down in louisiana we'll, we'll try to find you somewhere down there um but yeah it's a really good program a lot of good stuff out there for it because uh gunsmithing now is kind of a dying art um one gunsmithing the terminology in, in itself is kind of wrong because mm -hmm. smithing is actually mm -hmm. making the parts that you need and there's mm -hmm. not a whole lot of that going on <laughs> you know jesse james firearms down in texas they he he hand forges stuff so yeah he is actually gunsmithing mm -hmm. uh jimbo over in you know podunk east tennessee who's ordering parts off of brunell's He's making awesome guns. He's repairing guns great. But is he actually smithing anything? He's just ordering mm -hmm. the part and plug and play in them. Um, you have to have that knowledge to be able to do that. Um, and then one thing we really push the students is, is learning your niche too. You know, become, get into engraving, get good at that, get a, good at checkering stocks because that's a dying art too. Um, 
you can buy a stock that's already checkered, but what happens when you got grandpa's old lever action and you want to mm-hmm. get it rechecked because it's all worn? <clears throat> well, mm-hmm. you're, you're not and gonna want to send that to nobody. <laughs> you touched yeah. on it, and you said it's kind of a dying art. Um, I I feel like anything now, like just in the last, I don't know, three or four years, a lot of people are wanting to learn self-preservation skills to include yep. being able how to build a firearm uh even back to gardening and, and foraging and like all that kind of stuff so i feel Absolutely. like so do, are you seeing an increase in people that you wouldn't even expect to be signing up for classes like that to yeah that, start we really to are there when you look at the demographics of, of who enroll, I mean, you have your traditional firearms gun guys, mm-hmm. you have your, your vets that, because we are VA and GI bill approved. So, you know, vet, we get a lot of veterans that come through um, a lot of active duty guys that want to do it while they're, you know, stationed somewhere and they're just bored. So they take the course um, <clears throat> and they know guns. So it's an easy way to kind of transition into a school format coming from the military format. But then to see female enrolling, um, starting to be a lot more urban, bull, urban environmental, like where they're in a packed in city, but then they're getting into the environmental aspect of survival, right? So mm-hmm. they're, they've got a chicken coop in their backyard and they get itty bitty garden. And it's almost like they're preppers in the middle of a big city. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah. seeing, we've seen a few people that are doing that enrolling in our course, um, a lot of people that just don't know that gun is a needing thing and they'll hear me on a podcast or, you know, go research it online. And they're like, wow, I, I would love to do that. And you never thought that that would be something you were doing growing up. That makes sense at all. So yeah, there's a, it's a broad spectrum of people that are enrolling on the course. That's pretty cool. I think it'll just keep growing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's if you, if you look at <laughs> Yeah, you, you look at well, you look at gun sales haven't slowed down <laughs> at no, all. They haven't. Uh, so, I mean, so, the, yeah. the economy's hitting us a little bit the past couple months. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I mean, part of our 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 big one of our big selling points is we have payment plans and it's interest free payment plans. Um, mm-hmm. We tack on a little bit of a finance fee just because we're we're floating you for however long you're taking the course. But mm-hmm. to start, you can start for ninety nine bucks down, which was great six months ago now people's yeah. gas tank costs 99 bucks mm-hmm. yeah so all mm-hmm. of a sudden 99 bucks doesn't sound inexpensive anymore because that's how much you paid to fill your tank up the other day so we're yeah. having a little bit of a slump from that but it's not bad i mean we're still enrolling on a daily basis it's just not what it was six months ago <clears throat> yeah and that's one of those things too that like a lot of people i always use the term like uh, armor because that's what it was in yeah. the military like an armor that like you're saying, they're not they're not creating the weapon, but they're fixing it. They're they're bringing sure. the parts in and out and stuff. But yep. that whole idea that I know several people, and one of them is my cousin. That that's what he's always talked about. It's like, man, that's all I want to do. That was like his goal, you know, his his goal wanting to do it. Yeah. But how do you start out? So now it's like, you know, how do you start out? Well, now hell, you can take an online class if yep. you're, you know, remote somewhere or like you said in a city where maybe guns aren't. Uh, are heavily regulated or you don't have uh right. any type of armor school or whatever but that's pretty cool I mean, you, could, you could teach anything online i mean yeah, if i'm sitting here with a piece of rope and you've got a piece of rope and i'm walking you through how to tie a bowline or whatever and you're doing it and i can see you then you just learn how to do yeah. something through the interwebs i mean this yep. that, i think that's kind of silly 
Yeah, it's it's it was an odd obstacle to overcome at first because the the the, the former school was the same format. And when I first started there, that was 2013, 2014. Um, so still relatively new, the online education, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's weird to say it's relatively new in 2014, but you think about how far <laughs> right, we've yeah. come, you know, it's, it's almost a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's <laughs> right. crazy. Um, yeah. But, but it is, you can teach any concept you want. And, and another thing is we, we don't just go, here's the knowledge goodbye you know we we were partnered with ffl one two three so when you go through that part of the course you end up with your ffl at the end so you have your license you're ready to go with our new program we have a bunch of the tools that you need uh everything from a vice to armors kit to um uh uh, not drill press but like a grinding uh, a grinding wheel for the bench Mm -hmm. all kinds of really cool things that you get in that program so it's kind of like a if you go to Nashville Auto Diesel College, when you graduate, you got a pallet of $4,000 worth of tools that you can take to any dealership, any mechanic shop and say, I'm ready to work. Because you, when you're a mechanic, they're not going to say, yeah, here, use my tools. You know, they're like, where's your tools? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. We want to, we wanted to do the same thing for our MGS grads. So they get a pile of tools at the end of the course. They have their FFL ready to go. And it, it's an opportunity for them to, start their own business right in the garage if they want to uh, once mm-hmm. they graduate or go to a manufacturer or a gun shop or anything like that. Is it true you play Iron Maiden at the graduation ceremony or no? Um, we are now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just there's a random stuff out. For some reason, I got Iron Maiden going in my head right now. Yeah, I, I, that, I it'll either be, well, since it's, you know, working with metal and smithing and stuff like that, <laughs> right. well, it'll either be Metallica, right. Iron Maiden. Or Kenny Loggins. Um, or steel what is what is the steel um it's like a comedy band steel panther yeah steel panther thank you steel panther (laughs) or or kenny loggins well i can't i'm I'm hung up on something and i gotta address this man like you know i know i know the listeners can't see zeke right now but when he said he was into motorcycle marketing he was actually the model that rode the motorcycle with no helmet and it was slow motion, yeah. and his hair would blow back real slow. Yeah. I've seen him on like thirty-two motorcycle commercials. I'm Dude, he's he's yeah. got like he's yeah. got like the perfect head of hair with this yeah. beard. Yeah, and it's like textbook um, majestic motorcycle ride. Yeah, man, majestic yeah. motorcycle ride. <laughs> right? That's my new podcast, the majestic motorcycle ride. <laughs> right. And that's all you talk about is like metal music motorcycles and how and you being majestic <laughs> yeah Wearing and how your you... sucker suit on a harley he was just being <laughs> humble he's like, oh, i was in the marketing like no you were the guy on the motorcycle yeah, the yeah, yeah. commercial <laughs> i wish it was me i wish i had those checks <laughs> yeah in, in his underwear too ski yeah. left that part out come on no, that's, that was <laughs> see that was the arrest video that y'all saw oh, yeah. <laughs> That was the body cam footage. <laughs> right, right. So, hey, you, you've got like you've got a normal accent like the rest of us. So yeah. we could say that you're, you're like you're a normal person uh-huh. with a normal accent. So you're from the south, but yes, you also grew up skateboarding, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> See, that, so I don't. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we moved. Well, we I was born in Texas and raised in Tennessee. You know, we moved to Tennessee when I was in fifth grade, and you know. Uh, that's about when Tony Hawk kind of really started hitting the scene, Mm -hmm. but it was still, 
I guess in today's terminology, I, you can't say punk and it means something negative anymore. Now punk's cool. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, we're, we were gangsta. We were gangsta <laughs> if you were a skateboarder. You know, I had the right. trench coat. I either had a trench coat or I wore my dad's Vietnam green yeah, field jacket. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and that yeah. was our skateboarding uniforms and we were we were the we were the punks basically yeah and yeah. uh and then now <laughs> i turn on the tv and there's skateboarding competitions and it's normalized oh, yeah. and yeah, yeah I, I tell my kids yeah. you know about skateboarding and stuff and they're like oh cool and i'm like no yeah. no this was like edgy dude we were like we were rebels <laughs> and yeah why there's like thousands of people on x games right. doing it every yeah. freaking year and i'm like they're like oh, yeah well, they're like uh there's a skate park and it's legal it's yeah not illegal every anymore. city around here like yeah. nashville memphis everywhere's got a skate yeah. park everywhere i'm like yeah. this isn't fair i know <laughs> i and, and that's like i love seeing it but then i'm also like damn i wish when i was a kid like we would have had that you know instead okay. of skating all over town drinking like hose water from people's backyards and stuff so we don't dehydrate you know (laughs) (laughs) just to get to like some kid's apartment complex that had some wall we were going to ride you know or some kid built a new launch ramp or something but like we always talk about it's like that whole idea of when you're growing up and what was so rebellious then and you look at it now and it's when it was healthy for us back then tim that was like our healthy outlet you know you're getting sure. exercise but you're also like like for me that's how i got into art and stuff it was just yeah. drawing you know paint paint markers on your grip tape or you know you're cutting up stickers and doing collages and stuff like that you know all over your board and then also running from being in the south running from people in pickup trucks and camaros and you know like some of Kenny Loggins' cousins or something. I don't know. They may have been chasing a ski. I don't know. Oh, you're talking about like eyeball from Stand By Me? <laughs> yeah, Damn, eyeball dude. chambers. Yeah. I'm really going to piss off your listeners because I'm going to go okay. with a totally visual thing. But, dude, yeah. you know, just some of the cool artwork that's on decks nowadays yeah. is yeah. unreal. That. And I'm like, what yeah. the heck is this? It's awesome. And I want it. But I didn't have yeah. that. My first deck was a Ray Barbie. Oh, the, the one, the one with the card man. Yeah, where he was, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's like dropping the cards, uh-huh. and he's real. Str- that was my first deck, Damn. and I always remember I had um, pouch or what? Did I, no, I had independent trucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, pal, I think bearings, slime ball wheels. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I can't remember what else I had on it. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. You're good when you hit when you said Ray Barbie, dude. That was yeah. Oh yeah. I wanted that. That was like one of the boards I wanted. I never got it. I had a t-shirt of it though. Yeah. But when he got on the scene, that was about to the time that everybody started doing a lot of like rail slides. Mm-hmm. Started seeing a lot of kick flip. You, st- you start to kind of start to see that freestyle. Yeah. Uh, in, or, um, in, um, filtering in though. Like for oh, me, yeah. I mean, that was like Bones Brigade, Powell Peralta stuff. And then also though, for me, man, I was in the like Zorlak and skull skates and like yeah. you know like some of the more obscure boards you know that a lot of people didn't understand or they would just be like oh what's this you know puss head the artist for zorlak and yeah. stuff it's like oh come on ski See, knows that because where, where i was it was you had vision you had santa cruz yeah. and you had Powell. Mm-hmm. i mean that was yeah. you did i mean yeah. small town tennessee is you just didn't no yeah. much i mean unless you got the lo- newest thrasher and then you were kind of like oh what's this <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well that was how i got around like for 
for us, some of the college kids in our city would spread like the punk rock and, and, um, hardcore scenes. That's how we were learning about a lot of like the older kids that would hand you some tape that was like dubbed from, you know, discharge or dead Kennedy's or crass or COC or something, you know, and it was like, Oh wow. And it, it like opened our eyes. But if we didn't have all these, <clears throat> all these colleges and stuff in our city, we probably wouldn't have had that. You know what I mean? We would have yep. still been listening to like Dio and black Sabbath, not, not knocking them, but that was like my evolution. Yeah, I was about was. to say, whoa, whoa, dude. I was about yeah. to say, be no, no, careful, no. be careful no, how you talk about, talking about, no, no, talking about royalty there. <laughs> yeah, no, what I, what I meant was like, that was my evolution. Like really the yeah. first, the first music I got into was like Motown and soul and like beach music through my parents, you know? Yeah. And then it was into metal music because my older brother and that, and that was like Iron Maiden, some of the early Montley crew, Dio, Black Sabbath, you know, um except you know, like some of these like really metal bands and then it got into punk i still listen to dio see and, I, and iron Maiden. mine was i had a weird musical journey mm -hmm. Walk <laughs> so us it this, started man. off my parents were hippies <laughs> when i was born originally okay. yeah. and um so it was all like grateful dead Jimi hendrix you know old which, which is funny, you know, the, the protest rock credence and stuff yeah. like that. My dad was a Vietnam vet, but he loved all the protest rock stuff. So I was raised. Okay. On um, yeah. and then we, when we moved to Tennessee, you know, we went to one of these churches that was like, raise your hands in the air and say words mm. like you just don't care that make no sense to anybody else in the church. Um, <laughs> and so I was forced to only be allowed to listen to like Christian rock and all this other stuff. And oh. being a skateboard punk, that was painful. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody else yeah. is listening to Circle Jerks and Gorilla yeah. Biscuits, which we've had. Oh. And, you know, yes. all these, yes. all these fun, cool punk. Oh no, that's devil music. Oh, so the no. more they said something was yeah. devil music, the more I hid it in my underwear drawer. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So what was considered the devil music? Like, if you were going to, like, just completely rebel, man, what were you putting in back at, at that point? Oh, gosh. I, I hadn't really hit Slayer yet, but th if I would have, that would have been the one that I, you know, play Rain and Blood just to scare oh, my You know, when I started getting rebellious, and this is, everybody's going to laugh at this now because there's so many that have gone so much far. Oh, wait, I did think of the one, but let me tell the rest of that story. You know, I'd play Metallica, you know, and Metallica was fairly benign. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. My number one favorite band. Number one favorite concert ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is the best concert I've ever seen in my life. Three and a half hours with a five minute break. That's yeah, it. dude, they are Solid. the the <laughs> band that literally lit my soul on fire for music. Like yeah. I heard that band as a kid, and I was like, "What is this? Why do I like it so much?" And How yeah, old are you? Or can I mean, you I'm, say? I'm forty. I'm forty. Okay. Yeah. So one, when I saw that music video, oh my it gosh, changed man. my life. Seriously, <laughs> that, that the, music video changed my life musically. That song forever. is seven <laughs> minutes and twenty four seconds long, and it changes yeah. like uh, I mean, it's it's an orchestra, man. It's like yeah. it, it's amazing. Well, but. and what was funny back to the devil music thing, you know, if you don't know the 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 context of the words, it sounds. Oh God, you know, right. Close my breath as I mean, hold my breath as I wish for death. You know, yeah. Oh, this is devil me, you know, yeah. but I didn't realize what the, the, the context was. And I thought, Oh my God, my dad just heard me listen to that. He's going to rip my head off. My mom's going to, you know, 
grab whatever's close and give me welts on my butt with it, you know, whatever. And my dad heard the war in there. And my dad heard, you know, this is about a vet. This is about a vet that's like, yeah, you know, in a coma and, you know, just has nothing, no voice, no hearing, no, I mean, just as a a lump. Mm -hmm. And he kind of laid it out to me in, you know, what was it? Sixth grade, seventh grade when that came out and and it was kind of cool that was kind of one of our first real bonding over music moments well i take that back oh no wait see here's the add coming out of me i'm, I'm thinking <laughs> it, the first first devil music that got shut down was quiet riot oh heck yeah <laughs> that was the first one because that was the one that got my dad to sit down with me with all his vinyl albums and go here's real rock you know uh, of course now i'll play it and he's like this is good what's this i was like yeah this is the rock that you said wasn't real rock oh i like it now (laughs) yeah when it wasn't scary to be like oh my god yeah yeah yeah. so metallic Um, is your number one band like number you, one, and and if you asked me like my top five, you'd be like, "What the fuck, dude?" I want to hear it because mine's mine's very eclectic too. All right, so number one it, is Metallica. Yeah. Number two is the Beatles. Oh wow, wow. <laughs> number three would probably be U two, which is a, an odd one in this mix. Um, four, I would go Lamb of God. Uh-huh. which is a newer metal band but Sir. they i've seen them live four times they are flawless Sir i have never Randall. seen a metal band play so flawless live let's, let's talk about lamb of god in a second I oh my gosh five. i mean just uh, flawless and then five huh i want to be funny and say bare naked ladies <laughs> hey say it man dude no no but i would say it, it, the five slot moves around a lot. I would probably go ghost right now. I've gotten, really? and I know ghost is weird. Like a lot of metal heads are like ghost isn't metal, but ghost has that, you know, middle finger to the, you know, crazy establishment thing. They're, you know, they, they have that fake satanic thing going. That's fun. Right. They're kind of you know? like the Marilyn Manson replacement, not in a yeah. music sense, but like, they're the show, man, and they're part. Right. That's part of their gig. But, but, I, but the I, di- get that. I think the difference between them is, you know, Marilyn Manson was just. I'm gonna see how far I can push this, and people believe it. Yeah. Ghost is like, um, excuse us, this is a joke. Right. Right. <laughs> we're, right. we're trying to point out the absurdity of a lot of this stuff. Right. But people are still like, oh, they say, you know, that in the eyes of Satan's son, oh. <laughs> That's that's what a lot of people don't understand about a lot of these metal bands is like, they're not really satanic. They didn't sell their soul to the devil. It's no, I mean, there's a, there's a few out there. And when you hear them, like I just turn it off and change it. And it's, you know, cause it's, it's, it's gone a little too far, but yeah, I mean the people that aren't into the metal, like they would, uh, uh, lamb of God, they used to be what burn the priest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And people would hear that and they would, Oh my God, who are these people? You can't listen to this band. And it's like, no, listen to their lyrics. Like, listen, oh, yeah. listen to what they write about. And then Randy, like he's a genius, uh, writer mm-hmm. and arguably one of the best metal singers there, there, there is for oh, a front man for a metal yeah. band. Because like you said, that band is flawless. It's like listening to a machine. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, was no. it, uh, it's Adler on the drums, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ooh, 
Ah, uh, you, if you wouldn't have said it, I could have told you. <laughs> yeah, I think it is, but he's a uh, dude. They're, they're just a well-oiled machine. I've seen lamb of God two or three times live. And yeah. every time I see him, man, it's a jaw dropping show. Yeah. Because I they, they bring it. For, I just saw them open for Megadeth. Come and on. I've, I've seen the big four now. You know, I, I had seen anthrax like three times Metallica once uh slayer. I've seen like four times but I hadn't seen Megadeth because they just weren't touring much. And then yeah. finally they're touring and go figure Lamb of God opens. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was neat. <laughs> Lamb of God. It, it was, <clears throat> it's, it's just one of those. I mean, Megadeth is yes, it is a metal. Dave Mustaine and James Hetfield created thrash metal. I don't care what anyone says. The two of them in the original Metallica created thrash. They, they are, they're the inventors. Dave Mustaine is one of the most brilliant metal guitarists ever. But with all the stuff that's out now, it's a little more mellow than most newer stuff. So you got Lamb of God, you know, throwing your clothes around and swinging everything and going crazy. And then you go into Dave Mustaine, who's in probably his 70s now, maybe. Late he 60s. looks like he's in his 70s. And he's just yeah. stand- Music was perfect. Like the music was album quality, yeah. but they're all just standing there. And it's yeah. just kind of like, yeah. and he's, his voice is great, but he's yeah. just standing there. <laughs> yep. So you go from Lamb of God to that and you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, I saw Megadeth once. And yeah. uh, same thing. They, they sounded good, but I'm not, I'm not going back every time they come to town, but. Yeah. I mean, I'll listen might, to them all the time, but yeah. <laughs> would I see them live again? Probably not. No. And Lamb of God's one of those bands that you don't want to miss when they come. Even if you're not yeah. like super into them, like their live show will just literally like yeah, well, it'll get the, you going, man. The, I would say they're the top live metal back metal act right now. Yeah. But number two is actually touring with them and September seventeenth or sixteenth, they will be in Atlanta playing together. And that's Kill Switch Engage. Oh, dude. So I've seen Kill, I've seen I've seen Kill Switch with both Jesse and Howard. Yeah. And uh but man, they both have different both. talents as leads, but man, uh gosh, Howard. Yeah. What is his band? Uh now Light the Torch, I believe, or something yeah, of that. Like. Something like dude, that. Dude, yeah. that Kill Switch Engage is is another band that they're just sick, dude. Well, and, and, and then they're what's his what's the i always forget his name the the goofy one that's like will ferrell for metal bands uh, the guitar like player the uh, adam, adam adam yes but i don't know his his last his claim Just to fame was he's on the he was on the price is right yeah and uh and, yeah and they always yeah, play yeah. the music and stuff but i saw them in a small club that holds like maybe 500 people tops yep. and dude you could feel the walls bowing you could feel the floor bouncing yep. oh it was it was wild man but from start yeah. to finish that that's a that's another band that'll that'll get you going. So those two are playing together in Atlanta, September something. But it's Lamb of awesome. God and Kill Switch. Yep. Oh, that's gonna be awesome, man. And Lamb of God's new stuff, man. Every time they drop a single, I'll, I'll listen to it. it. It just keeps getting better. It does. Yeah. And I know he made some kind of disparaging remark to Marines at some concert once. I don't know. Well, let me take that back. I've heard. <clears throat> Because I've got some friends that are like, I hate Lamb of God now because, you know, life said this. And this. I'm like, I, uh, you know, Context, I could, it's kind of right? like, 
you know, there's some, there's some actors that say some stupid shit and you know, they're anti-gun, but I can, I can separate the person from their art and enjoy right. their art. That's kind of like saying like you should hate Phil and Salmo for all the dumb stuff he said. <laughs> <laughs> and if I don't, okay. Now that you brought him up, what do you think of the new Pantera? That's not Pantera. I know. How right, you, you can't... And I had a debate. Have you all ever heard of Hickok 45? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So his son and I are good friends and his son, great. He'd be a great interview for all. He's a huge metalhead too. Mm-hmm. And he's all about it. And he mm-hmm. is a, he is a huge Dimebag fan. Like he has remakes of the majority of Dimebag's guitars. I mean, he is a huge, but he's all about this tour. And I don't know if it's because maybe he never saw him before. Like I saw him when I was younger. I saw him open for White Zombie of all people when I was a freshman in college. Mm. Um, but it's kind of like I don't know. It, it's like without Dimebag or Vinny. That's that's not the same band. Like I mean, and, I get did it they when get phenomenal replacements. Oh my God, Zach Wild. Hell yeah, they did. Right. But it's kind of like just call it something uh, different though. <laughs> Yeah, because it was it was not Phil's band. It was Dimebag and Vinny's band, right? And right. they brought Phil. Now I will say this: if it wasn't for Phil, they would have gone down hair metal history because they were a hair metal band first. Yeah, no doubt. And, and even Phil, when he when he and 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 shit. he could <laughs> sing that too, man. When they first started, yeah. he he tried to fill those shoes, and he's like, "I'm a metal dude." Yeah, uh, but dude, I put him in the category since we're talking about you're talking about Lamb of God, best live. I put yeah. Phil as one of the best metal frontmen of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. Of, he 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 can be a. T- I I don't think I would ever want to hang out with him. Oh <laughs> but, dude, I, I I would. Oh because he's just like he, he just seems like such a tool. <laughs> Philip, I say so that and he's gonna hear this. <laughs> you talking some smack about me? I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't be. I, 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 he there's there's interviews I've seen where he's he's pretty cool. Then there's other interviews where it's like, douche. <laughs> well, he uh yeah, dude. When he, I think he's uh his interviews are fascinating. Yeah, and I know where like people that are listening are probably like, whoa, they're on a tangent now. But he's one <laughs> of those dudes, man. Like if he's in an interview and he's really engaged, he's very like intellectual. Like he, yeah, he carries he, a good conversation he, and his points are great. But like. I've heard and him I'm, tell his his recovery story, like on like what oh, it's yeah. like to be a heroin addict and all. Now that. I feel like, guilty for saying douche. <laughs> no, no, I get it, man, because he's that dude said some some shit. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where I've got to I've, I always have to remember I don't know what that person was going through when they said those things, you know, because. Before the TV show, I used to always say, I'm just going to be me. I'm always going to be me. I'm not going to change. I'm not, but there's times, especially when they send you on these interview tours and stuff like that, that you get worn out and you're fried and then somebody stops you. And I always try to be friendly and I'm like, yeah, man, let's talk. I mean, it, it always gets me when somebody's like really nervous. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, chill down. I'm, I'm, I'm like you, I'm, there's nothing special about me. Let's just, talk and hang out but then there's sometimes where you'll do that and then you might be worn out and you don't have the time to sit there and talk because you're running to the next thing and they want to talk and then all of a sudden you walk away realizing shit i was that guy you know yes so it's kind of one of those weird 
dynamics where I have to remember that feeling and go, I can't call Phil Anselmo a, a douche because who the hell knows what he was going through at that time, right? Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I, that's what I was going to say is like if he's battling like a heroin addiction, yeah. Then yeah, you're going to get some some crazy facets. I just remember <laughs> Which, like let me yeah. let me preface this since you know y- y'all are on <laughs> I'm not I don't have a heroin addiction. I just have a lighter here because my candle is right there. Yes, I'm for, for Oh right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I would and say. So too. I was just flipping it out of like <laughs> Yeah. People like, say that all the time. You like, know, hey. Phil Anselmo has a heroin addiction. Y'all see this glow <laughs> down here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just I remember like when uh Vulgar Display of Power came out. Oh. And when that hit, because I'd only heard like one song before from like uh, Cowboys from Hell, I think it was mm-hmm. Cemetery Gates. It just wasn't my thing. Yeah. But then when Vulgar Display of Power, it was like, oh, you can kind of tell there's a little more like a hardcore influence. That's their, like maybe. That's their best album. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I've only heard two albums. I've heard that one and then the one that was followed up uh, Far Beyond Driven. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the I will give you like Caravan. those two. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, great yeah. cover. Great cover. Yeah. Those two albums, and at that time, Sepultura came out around that time too. At least that's when yeah. I got turned on to Sepultura. Yeah. Like a Chaos AD, and I was like, ooh. So now yes. we got some metal bands that are influenced by punk and hardcore and, yep. and different sounds, and it was good. So Zeke, you you said you just went and saw Lamb of God. Yeah. Uh, it was probably less than a month ago. <laughs> Nice. So I just yeah. went and saw Rage Against the Machine. How was that? I've never seen. I will tell you this. I saw I saw Rage in 1999 at Woodstock. Uh huh. I was at that show, and it was you know that's one like that. You were at the 99 Woodstock. I was. I just there, watched man. that documentary on Netflix. You're Dude, nuts. <laughs> I was there. I was. Have you there. watched it yet? Oh yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll find some pictures. I got like old pictures and stuff like, dude, that was such an experience. But I saw them in 99 and I would say Rage was at their peak in about 99. Right. Yeah. Um, so it was awesome. So I didn't know what to expect. And uh, they're just they're that band. They're they're the loud, loud voice yeah. of the, the the 90s. And it's just ironic what they sing about now and charging hundred and fifty dollars a ticket. But whatever. So I, I went with no expectations, but I said, this is a band that, you know, I grew up on. Dude, they fucking killed it. That's awesome. I, I mean, dude, they crushed it. Uh, Zach had a broken foot or broken leg. He didn't even, he was in a chair the, for the whole show. Oh, and, wow. uh, dude, the energy that, and that, I mean, there had to be eighteen to 20,000 people there. And like, dude, again, you could feel the walls bowing. And they sounded, they sounded so fucking good. So, so I still have the CD for Zach's first band, Inside Out, that was on Revelation Records. If you remember, like Gorilla Biscuits was on Revelation, Youth of the Day, Bold. Zach's first band, Inside Out, was like, or at least the first band I remember was on Revelation back, and that may have been like the early nineties, like obviously before Rage. Yeah. yeah, but but I've still got that CD. Amazing band, it's like California hardcore band. And then wow. you flash forward, I think it's like a year or two later, they hit that first Rage album, and it was like, whoa. Like, this is completely different. Like, his yeah. vocals are different. Obviously, the guitar and the drums just... Like, when you go back and listen to that, like, no one else was doing that. Yeah, What's, It was, al- it was, it was almost name? like the... It, it was like the spirit of Public Tom Enemy. Yes, What's thank that? you. I, I said, what the Tom... Tom Morello. I was trying to think of his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But just that idea of like taking the spirit of like public enemy and merging it with like, I don't know, just like 
just a hardcore band. But then that sound they came up was just that was amazing. Oh, dude, they're they're in they're in a league of their own. I've never heard a band that sounds like Rage. But man, yeah. go if you go on YouTube, you, they you got people making videos every night of this tour. The sound they they're they're, they're tight. Like you were talking about Lamb of God, like they're tight. They're yeah. they're just as good as they were twenty years ago, man. I love listening to Tom Morello's show on Sirius XM. Oh yeah, with his mom, Dora. Yeah, is it Dora. Oh, I Doris? love it. <laughs> and, and, and he's another one where I have to separate his yeah. politics from yeah. his music, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I'm I'm I am a true American. Right. I want everybody to believe whatever the fuck you want to believe. Believe Amen. it and be powerful with it. Yeah. But don't bash other people because they're the opposite. You right. know, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not going to bash anybody because they're anti-gun. I'm just not going to do it. I'll try to convince them different. And if we don't, then great. That's what America's all about. We can all believe whatever the heck we want. A thing but that I thought. Here, as he's gotten older, he's kind of gotten pushy with this stuff. And I'm like, you were oh, rage yeah. against the machine. Like, yeah. now you're like. Hold hands with the machine. I'm like, whoa, yeah. this is not what I remember. What's really yeah. cool is they got a lot of shit when they announced this tour. It was like pre-COVID that they announced the tour, and uh, their ticket prices were through the roof. And everybody was like, oh, you're anti-capitalists and this yeah. and that, but nobody could afford your fucking tickets. So what they started doing to combat that, which I think is really cool, um, when they came through our city, they donated probably close to like $280,000 to a local like food pantry or something like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. they're taking proceeds from their ticket sales and they're giving back and all that. So they're, they're doing, you know, they, they're rage against the machine. They can't just yeah. change now. So like, that's just what they <laughs> right. do, but they're, they're doing the right thing, man. So hat, yeah. hats off to them. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was so the last show I went to. And then I got the, I got, sick in the mosh pit somebody probably had some funk and two days later i'm fetal position in my bed throwing up man but it was worth it that's probably <laughs> leftovers from the 99 woodstock damn it yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah was that like where everybody's throwing mud and it just became like uh, so no, like, let's, they thought it was mud but let's, <laughs> it was poop infested water if you want if you oh. want to get a real a real uh pulse of 99 woodstock just watch the limp biscuit set and uh, okay. you'll you'll get an understanding. In a or we'll just watch that the... documentary that just came out. Yeah, it's who, fantastic. But yeah. who all played? You name it, bro. Everybody Every... from Cheryl Crow to yeah, uh, Dave Matthews, Red Hot Chili uh, Peppers to yeah, Metallica was there. Rage yeah. Against the Machine, Limp Biscuit, Corn. Um, Damn, and then like they had this. like <laughs> what? I don't. You said nineteen ninety nine. 1999 yeah. it was at griffiths air force stuff. base in new york yeah um Damn. there was there was 250 plus thousand people there <laughs> oh and they oh, burned it to the ground like it literally it had this weird it to the ground and like it was a three or four day event i don't remember that part but like by day one and a half there was this weird energy there man like uh that it was really hot uh they were charging like eight dollars for a bottle of water and like ten dollars for like a sandwich like white bread with a piece of ham on it and people were getting fucking pissed there was no food like oh, they just no. weren't prepared so like the energy just went yeah. from like this weird like happy festival to like this angry hot like and like dude by oh. the time rage against the machine came on uh i believe it was the second night it was like limp biscuit and rage against the machine the crowd just went fucking ape shit and uh <laughs> it turned it turned wild man like 
you know you, you guys have been in mosh pits and big crowds like oh, yeah. dude yeah. the crowd kept compressing so tight that i thought my ribs were gonna break and you couldn't uh, do anything about it like people because you where are you going you're in a sea of people man and, yeah uh, right dude it was I, I was standing there this was funny as hell i was in like i don't know shit 10th 11th grade i was young i wasn't that old but i was standing there and uh, i felt warm going down the back of my calf and i turned <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I turn around, man, and there's this dude that looks like damn Harry and Henderson's pissing on my my leg. And he just he just smiles at me. And I'm like, I gotta take this because he's gonna beat the shit out of me if I do anything. So he just kind of looked at me he's like, oh, peeing on your. He looked like Mr. Larson from Billy Madison. You know what I mean? That's, and I was like, well, I guess I gotta just let him pee on my sock. I had to take my sock off because I had pee on my sock. Yeah, dude, that was Woodstock '99. Uh, If you want to watch, if if you're into psychology and you want to watch the psychological breakdown of society, watch that documentary. I'm going sucks you in. It it sucks you in, and you can't stop. It's on Netflix. I don't even know what it was called, but it was like train wreck. I think is what it was called, wasn't it? You got me, dude. Because I'm I'm gonna watch it. I somehow I don't know, man. I completely blocked all that out i had no cl- i don't remember like what oh, from from what i saw on that documentary i guarantee you a few hundred thousand people blocked that out <laughs> oh you want to know who else had a badass set at woodstock and i'd say this is when he was in his prime uh kid rock yeah oh really owned it owned it just owned so, it man okay so so in 99 all right around the time kid rock right before he blows up my mom goes on a cruise my mom's uh, uh, like back in the day, she was a wild thing. Right. So she goes on this cruise and comes back. And all she keeps talking about is this damn scuzzy son of a bitch on this cruise, this kid <laughs> rock. And at that time it was like that first song hit. Yeah. So we figure out that my mom and her friend had been hanging out. Her friend liked like hanging out with kid rock. He's funny. But he's, they're like hanging out with Kid Rock and getting drunk on this cruise. And it's like <laughs> right, at, right about the time he blows up. So she's telling us this, and we're sitting around, and MTV's playing that first song like 12 times a day. Yeah. You, don't like, na- you don't know the name of it, do you? It's called uh, Ba with the Ba. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That ding, ding, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, dude, it was Mom, very that's creative time. Yeah. We're like, Mom, that's who you were hanging out with on the cruise. You're like getting drunk with Kid Rock. And then he, he blows up, but yeah. yeah. So you're saying his set was good then, Ski? I got you. Oh, it did. It was awesome. Okay, well then what Legit. is what is like one of the first shows that you went to, Zeke? Like one of the first like live bands that you were like, oh shit. This Including is- when my parents took me as kids? I don't or- know. Like whatever, like, well, I mean like, like the first part, concert yeah. I ever went to was a Cheech and Chong concert when I was a baby. <laughs> oh yeah. So you weren't even And then to my dad took me to, I think it was Electric Light, Light Orchestra, ELO. Um, and you were like, and you were like, don't bring me down, man. Don't yeah, I'm down. just like a little kid, you know. I'm just, I, I, I think the Cheech and Chong thing. I was a baby. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah. it's probably what's wrong with me now. But yellow contact buzz. Or <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Um, first one that kind of was like, okay, this is my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? When it, so I was uh, I always loved metal, right? I, it was kind of like a, I guess you'd say a closeted thing because in rural Tennessee it was country, you know, country, yeah. and then 
and rap started coming out and, you know, some people like the rap, but metal was the devil heads. That's the Satan yeah. shit. You know, we don't want to hear that, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of like a closeted thing for me, but I enjoyed it. That's what I would listen to to get pumped up. My junior and senior year, I went to a Christian school in Nashville and I would have Metallica or some other heavy metal band. And I'd lie and say it was Striper or some other Christian metal band. <laughs> you can get away with it. Then. Oh yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. be like, Oh no, this is a Christian metal band. Oh, okay. All right, cool. And it's in my <laughs> headphones. So all they heard was the hard rock. And I didn't know. Yeah. But I think the concert that just was like, this is me. This is my vibe was Ozfest 2020 or 2002. Heck and yeah. I saw Slipknot. Yes. Oh, okay. And it ripped my face off. Yeah. And I was just like, I wasn't even headbanging. I was just like this. <laughs> yeah. And that's Dude. that's the, also the first time I saw Lamb of God, that same yeah. tour. Yeah. And oh God, Randy was like a teenager at that point. It was just Absolutely. like this, this is this is my thing. This is, you know, and I had been I'd seen Pantera and White Zombie, and I regret this because I really wasn't into Pantera at the time, but I saw Vinny and Dimebag. But I was there for Rob Zombie, and mm. now I'm looking back, going, "Well, shit, I should have been there for Pantera," but I just didn't know, you know, back then, because mm -hmm. you know the the hardest I got was Metallica, maybe a little bit of Anthrax and and Slayer, and then, oh, well, I take that back. I did get a little scary with with friends and family just to scare them with Cannibal Course corpse i was about to say base. man break out, <laughs> break out the death metal and stuff. yeah Chris Barnes corpse when i'm a teenager and i'm still like trying to figure out you know my belief system i still was kind of like well cannibal corpse might actually be the devil singing but i don't know what he says or anything so. well isn't did i just hit that sound button okay that's what i was talking about are you hearing that that was yeah perfect. Yeah, There's, that was like that's, a, the, like that's the latest Cannibal Corpse song. They've changed yeah. a lot. Oh, okay. I thought it. Right. I thought it because I, I accidentally <laughs> hit it, and I didn't know if like this you heard the sound too or not. Oh, but. we heard it. Okay, I thought good. it was an oil of LA commercial or something. Or yeah, Take <laughs> I've me got away. like all these like, I don't even know what they are. There's presets in my mixing board. Yeah, he, and, he, yeah. he did a, like, a no. he uh, right before that sound he turned a fan on and his hair was doing that motorcycle yeah, thing again. Oh, there it is. Okay, I can hear it. Wait, what all do I have? Now we're just going to mess with the listeners. Dude, what all do I have? That is good. I have a nature sound. Okay. Ooh. You know, if we start talking about hunting, we'll go there. That's, that's oh, did anybody tell a joke? <laughs> God. There's cannibal corpse there. <laughs> I've never Man. used these things. Hey, can we hire you to produce this show? Welcome to the Disruptors Podcast. Live. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's the laughing. <laughs> That's like That's the eighty six. Cool. I didn't know I had yeah. all that. <laughs> yeah. It's just these like glowing buttons on the side of my mixing board, and I've got preset sounds in there. That's, that's pretty awesome, man. <laughs> so, so you were talking about like uh, Cannibal Corpse and no, like, yeah. had, uh, Ski. Go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, man. I cut you off. I don't oh, normally I gonna... do that. So go ahead. You got you got the road. We try not to walk on. I got the conch shell, like Lord of the Flies. <laughs> so, no. So when you talk about like Cannibal Corpse and like like all that old death metal, I had a buddy that listened to it, and I could not. I just couldn't get into it. And he would. He kind of get frustrated with me. Yeah. And then another buddy who started hanging out with us, he loved it, but he looked like um, he was like a pretty boy, and he yeah. never wore metal shirts. But then he would like. Oh, break so he's a like, serial killer. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. He would just break out like Morbid Angel or like Death or like all these hard bands. And I remember him playing um, Fear Factor, I think it is. Oh. Is there a band called Fear Factor, right? Or Fear, Fear, Fear Factory. Fear, Fear Factory. Factory with yeah. Mr. Factory. Burton Bell. Yeah. And that, you know, like where they switch from like really hard and then like the dude can actually like yeah, whatever carry a tune with. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So I was like freaking out, but then they would play like just hard stuff like carcass or whatever. And my buddy's like, dude, you know they gargle with Clorox. They like they'll gargle with Clorox <laughs> to make their voice hard like that. This is before the internet, so nobody knows. Right. So you, you I was always paranoid that like he might smoke a little too much and then try to gargle <laughs> yeah, Clorox to get that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I couldn't get into it. I, I can appreciate that, that, it, but man. That I sound comes get... from your diaphragm, man. Yeah. It's yeah. all oh, in really? it's in it's all breathing. And yeah. A lot of it is inward singing too, and yeah, not actually like outward. Yeah. The uh oh. I, I never really got into got into him. Like I, I had a cannibal corpse cassette when I was younger just to scare people with, you know, just mm -hmm. for the shock value. I didn't really like it. But I've started to appreciate like death and all the other ones mm -hmm. just in the last three, four years. Yeah. Um, where it's like I'm past the point of okay, what he's saying or may or may not be saying scares me. Oh now I'm like, okay, it's just a freaking right, guy growling it. But their music. Yeah. Like yeah. if you took Cannibal Corpse music and just didn't have his voice, right? I would probably rock that every day, all day. Now take yeah, us like, back to that that Slipknot show, man, because I I have the same oh. I have the same uh, experience with that band, man. Yeah. So Wait and Bleed that video kind of mm -hmm. got me into them, and that video kind of it it tweaked my metal taste a little bit. Yeah, you know, that that's what got me researching Lamb of God and all these other bands that were a little bit harder than the Metallicas and the Anthrax and the Slayers and stuff. Right. And so I was like, oh, I got a chance to go to Ozfest. And, you know, one, I get to see Ozzy. And two, Slipknot's going to be there. And three, Lamb of God's going to be there. And four, Slayer's going to be there. Mm. Which that was a weird Slayer concert. I, that was the first time I'd see him. And every song sounded the same. It was really weird. And I was like, maybe it's because they're old. But I've seen them three times since, and it's like old Slayer. Right. So maybe, I don't know, they were getting clean. Who knows? I don't know what the deal was. But that <laughs> that kind of that concert kind of turned me off a little bit to Slayer. But then Slipknot was on a side stage. So I had to be there for that. It was the first time I had ever seen the entire crowd become a mosh pit exactly <laughs> like yep. not not there's a circle about you know 20 yards wide in the middle yeah, of a no. bunch of people standing there heading them banging no the entire freaking crowd was going in a circle to the point mm. it got to a point where you kind of had to go but there was mm -hmm. this cool vibe because now they got what did what do they call them the crowd killers now and all these hardcore shows where they're oh, oh i thought you're talking about the slipknot fans well, no, the well, Slipknot fans are fine, but like the new, like Knock Loose and all these other hardcore bands that are newer, right. they've mm -hmm. got these crowd, they're calling them crowd killers. Where mm -hmm. if, you know, the three of us went to their concert and we're over on the side enjoying it, maybe banging our head, but we just, we're too old to get the mosh pit. Yeah. These douchebags will come out and punch you in the face. Mm. And, oh, and it's like, that's... no, that's not how the mosh pit works. If you're in there, yeah, it's free reign. But if you're out of it, you don't go hunt those people down. So the, no. a lot of the hardcore shows are starting to do that. Yeah. But the Slipknot vibe 
didn't have that. Everybody was moving in the circle and the people who were wanting to swing and push and hit and whatever kind of knew who was into that and who wasn't, you know, yeah. it was kind of this cool synergy thing. We could do an entire episode yeah. on like the un- unspoken rules of the mosh pit, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But yeah, because yeah, that episode. <laughs> I, yeah, I was gonna say my pits were completely different than that. Like when yeah. when you go to like hardcore shows and punk shows, yeah. like you're talking about like with knock loose and stuff. Like I've seen some of the newer hardcore shows where people are doing that. Like they're they're punching the hell out of each other, yeah. ripping each other's shirt off. And I'm like, yeah. as long as everybody's cool with it. But when a dude's like spitting a tooth out and he looks pissed off, like right, that's not cool. Like I don't I don't know. Like the energy was always in like elbows and moving Pushing in a circle and yeah 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 and off each was, other and stuff like yeah, that. yeah. yeah. and stage occasionally you'd get stuff. a black yeah. eye you yeah know? yeah i mean I, hey, it's fair game but yeah i, I would, learned I, very soon because i'm six 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 seven i learned very soon that mosh pits aren't for tall guys because yeah. as these other short guys are jumping and doing all this <laughs> their foreheads hit you right in the face and right. i'm like ah, yeah. shit so I, I kind of quit doing mosh pits, you know, and after college. But dude, I I just I got yeah. in that rage pit like three weeks ago, and it was yeah. fucking fun as hell. I, I love oh, it, man. I can't help awesome. it. But I do remember uh, Slipknot about the same time. It was maybe O two ish. Every time they did the song "Spit It Out," they have yes. that little breakdown and make you get down, squat down. They, they sit, still do it they, every concert. Yeah, they sit yep. everybody in the whole crowd. That's on the floor. They sit everybody on the floor. And when they get to the breakdown and he gets back into the lyrics, when he says, jump the fuck up, dude, the floor explodes. And like you said, the whole crowd turns into one big pit. And I saw dude, them at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, and they made even people in the seats. And so, see, like, that's amazing. by the time they get to that low part, and it's like, and it's building yeah. up. You yeah, look yeah, around, yeah, and yeah, everybody's yeah. squatted down in the seats. Yeah. And then he's like, jump the fuck. And, and yeah. the whole stadium just. That is an energy that, that you can't get anywhere yeah. other than something like that. And it's it's chaos, but at the same time, there's an excitement. There's a It's not like a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. yeah. Dude, Corey Taylor does a good job at taking the crowd into the, the palm of his hand. <laughs> the neck, yeah. And dude, that that band caught a lot of slack for a long time. They're like, oh, these guys are posers. They're they're new metal they or whatever do, they I call. Don't get it. Dude, they dude, they're also in a league of their own. They paved the way for a lot of these bands that you hear right now. Yep. But I, I love get, it, I kind of get the corn thing getting a lot of slack because I like corn for a while. Yeah. And then like the last time I saw them live, I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, it, they it, were it just, never known for their musical talents. I don't think. No, they're, they're, they're like it a was, sloppy it was band. Their, it was their borderline hip hop beats with the metal track. Yeah, and and it, that was kind of cool. And Jonathan Davies was quirky, so that kind of made things. And I, I, there's still some songs that I enjoy when I listen to, but it, it's just like the last time I saw them, I'm like, yeah, it's corn. You know. Yeah. The, they're great musicians. They play great. I mean, it sounds right. album quality and live, but it they just kind of lost their luster for me. I guess that is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, but, when that when that first album came out, though, like yeah. they had me. I was like, all right, because I think they toured with Sick of It All, if I remember right. Like the first was that their the first one album that had Blind dropped. on it. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it was, right, I Steve? think it's a self titled yeah. album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when that Blind hit, shoots and ladders. Um, yep. Ball tongue, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was 
I was pretty impressed with that. I was like, all right, this is pretty good stuff. And that was about the time Deftones hit too. So mm. it's kind of like, okay, oh, hey, that's I forgot one about Deftones. Favorite band <laughs> of all time. Yeah. So then you start to get into like these bands are like making a new sound or I say sincere sound. I always felt like that first corn album was sincere and definitely Deftones. Everything they've done is yeah. just, it's what they've wanted. That's their sound. And it's good. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could catch like hints of bad brains influence and stuff, but it's not yeah, like they're sure. trying to rip, you know, they're not trying to rip bands off. Yeah. Yeah. I just I want to see uh, like that concert poster you sent me, BC. That was yeah, all like it was like circle jerks and biscuits oh, and yeah, didn't freaking s or was it stormtroopers of death and DRI and yeah, it was just like my entire skateboarding yeah. childhood <laughs> on one poster. I was yeah. like, I want to yeah. go to that. Yeah, I think that is in California. It's like a three day festival in the park or something yeah. but you're right it's got every i think agent orange was on there like yeah. everybody what um your, what was your go-to skateboard let's say cassette band or whatever oh like when i played it i skated better than any yeah. other time like it really made me skate or, or you were going to the park or you were leaving yeah. the park that's what you went to yeah so uh, early on it was suicidal tendencies like their okay. self-titled album right yeah. like i when i played that or dead kennedy's frankenstein that's where i was going <laughs> <laughs> i was like dude i skate better than any other time when like frankenstein is and when dead kennedy's frankenstein is playing yeah because we had you know we had like this portable boom box i mean this thing was big as hell and yep. you, you stack in like eight d-cell batteries and then you try to carry some extra ones but everywhere we went we would we would be blasting that stuff so we had like dub tapes like minor threat and uh jfa oh. jody foster's army and stuff but yeah like my my go-to man i can even when i listen to and i still play dead kennedy's frankenchrist i'm going to and from work you know driving yeah. in i got a pretty good drive i'll still play it and just be like damn dude yeah, yeah i don't even have to agree with all the politics but a lot of it is still like this is still triggering things that i that when i'm listening to it like oh you should be questioning this or sure. Like, yeah, okay, I got you. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like Maybe. too drunk to fuck, you know, you, yeah. you need to question that, you know, am I, can I perform <laughs> if I'm this? <laughs> <laughs> or just, I mean, like question everything, like government, yeah. like Democrats were uh, being questioned, Republicans, like everybody. <laughs> After that stuff. statement, I think I'm officially not going to promote this podcast on the school website. <laughs> 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 he, 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 you know, it, but yeah, but that just, was my guess after too. I said that, I heard some of the people at work going, "Oh yeah, when when you get done with the podcast, give it to us, and we'll promote it out to the students." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, ah, hey, the disruptors hey. is not for everybody, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, like when uh, I was in plain clothes assignments a lot, I would wear band T-shirts all the time, and so that was the thing. Like that's how you would check where punk rock cops and stuff were. Like you'd walk into a room. And if you're wearing, like, if I'm wearing a Gorilla Biscuit shirt, someone will be yeah. a hoe. You know, what's up with Gorilla Biscuits? You know, most people would be like, that sounds stupid. And I'd have to tell them, like, no, seriously. You want to hear one of the I greatest? I had not thought about ever. that band until you brought them up to me in our little <laughs> right? Instagram conversation that day. Yeah. I, and then I was like, I, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I went and, and did a presentation uh, for a gang conference recently. And I uh -huh. wore a Civ t-shirt, C-I-V. You know, it's like, so lead singer Gorilla Biscuits goes on and has 
another band after that, maybe like in the very early or mid nineties called Civ CIV is like based, you know, named after. Him. But I wore a Civ set your goal shirt and a dude comes up to me and he's like, I think he's from long Island, but he, but he was a, like a cop down here in the South. Yeah. And he's like, man, I've never seen a Civ shirt, but gorilla biscuits are like one of my favorite bands. Of course, for 20 minutes, we're talking real yeah. police work and all the old New York hardcore bands. And I'm like, man, that's why I wore it. Like I'm trying to yeah. find more people out here that listen to the music and still try to, you know, get energy from, I still listen to start today. Yeah. I'll put on the gorilla biscuits demo or I'll play start today. And I listen to it. And I go, damn dude. Like I was a 14 or 15 year old kid being like, man, how, what am I going to do today? Like I can't go out there and just screw things up and break bottles. Yeah. Like I got to get my shit together. Like I need to, yeah. I need to start today. Like it sounds so cheesy, but God, I love <laughs> gorilla biscuits. Seven seconds. Like I still listen to all that, man. I like what's metal it, too, but man, what's funny with me still, is like I'll put. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> it's like I'm what's funny to me is like I put my I put my uh, songs on shuffle on my phone sometimes. Yeah, and I won't listen to punk for the longest time, and then like a DRI song or you know, oh. Circle Jerks or whoever will pop yeah. on, and then I'll go three days solid with nothing but old skate punk. <laughs> you know, whipping out the old you know, pre superstar red hot chili peppers, you know, uh -huh. you know, the, the chili peppers we knew from, um, Oh thrashing. crap. Thrashing. Thank <laughs> you. Thrashing. See, I read your yep. mind. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wasn't this, it wasn't gleaming the cube. It was the other one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Look, I actually have it in my notes about thrashing, you know, <laughs> just to make a reference. It's great. <laughs> and you beat me to it. Where are you yeah, going to Oh, that I, I was just gonna say, so we don't have to talk about music at the end of the show. No, I think we did a good <laughs> oh, hour. Oh, that was of... the end segment. Okay. Yeah. No. What no. What is the show about? <laughs> but this, this yeah. is this is the show about whatever, whatever, uh, wherever our hearts take us, man. Well, the, but I was gonna funny, ask you, yeah. you, you're a, you, you have a very specific skill as building firearms and being able to do all that do you do no. any of the archery stuff or any knives or anything like i participate that? in archery and i am a knife fanatic okay um but i don't know i have i take that back i have helped forge a viking battle axe that i have i didn't do it um martin salamasi out in colorado it's uh uh oh he's gonna kill me now Mossy Forge. Holy cow. I was like, I just totally blanked on the name of his company. Uh, went out there for Circle the Wagons a few lots of years back, probably pushing 10 years now, and did a battle axe, and he let me hammer it a few times, but I didn't I didn't do it to it. Um, I had a show where I judged people that did it, but I let the 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 blacksmith do most of the judging. I just I got to test them and see, okay, this worked, this didn't work. Um archery wise, I love archery. Once you've harvested an animal with archery, when you go to hunt with a gun after that, it almost mm. feels like it's cheating. I, I hunt with them too, but it, you know, there's something primal that you go back to something like deep in your DNA uh, when you harvest an animal with, with a bow and arrow. I couldn't agree I more, man. Do, like, uh, have you seen the spear hunting? Uh, they do where they'll like be in a tree and they'll have a oh, cold yeah. steel spear and they'll just, yeah. you know, go after the deer or buffalo or whatever. You hit um, the nail on the head, man. Too. It's yeah. very primal, very back yeah. to the roots, kind of like, you know, and yeah. we're using bows now. I'm not shooting with a recurve. I'm shooting with a nice compound bow. Yeah, I am too. A <laughs> on it that 
you can dial in, you know, out to 60 yards and still have a group, you know, a good group. But, uh, yeah, you're a hundred percent right, man. Taking an animal with an arrow is like, it does. You do. You feel like you're back in like the 1700s or something, man. It's, it's yeah, just really there's, cool. There's something. I, I I know this is this is funny to a lot of people because if they see me, I'm this giant bearded, long haired, tattoos everywhere guy. But I'm a very like spiritualistic kind of guy too. You yeah, know? absolutely. Every time I harvest an animal, I walk up, I put my hands on it, and I thank it every That's time. Amazing. Yeah, and I was taught that when I was a kid. So now I do that, and I teach my kids. You know, thank the animal for what they provided for you. Yeah. And when you do it with a bow and arrow there's more of that connection for some reason. And it it might be something just as simple as the psychological thing of a loud bang versus a, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. It might be something. It seems intimate. Yeah, it does. It seems more intimate and you, you're the, the gratitude seems to flow a little bit more with bow and arrow. Don't get me wrong. I still hunt with a rifle. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. There's just some, there's something different about the bow. Um, there's something primal about it kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and you know, we, we can go down a, a long rabbit hole on on hunting. And, you know, a lot of people have opinions on that. But, dude, <laughs> well, I... I, I, I about that, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I eat every... I, if I'm not going to eat it, I'm not going to shoot it. So I eat yeah. everything that I shoot. And uh, But I just absolutely love... Uh, like, we're talking about metal and the music and all that. And I'm thinking, like, what do I do for my downtime? And I, I was really big into fishing my whole life, and I still am. And then I picked up hunting not too long ago. And it was one of those things that I just fell in love with. Yeah. And, like, but that I, is that's my that's my time to just go out and clear my head and just, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Re- you, were, recon- you were showing me reconnect. the image of the buck earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. And, we're sitting here recording this podcast, and I'm staring at my phone because I got a bunch of cell cams out in the woods and all that, and uh, this big big boy monster. showed up. Yeah, he's Freaking a monster. monster. <laughs> I'm, hoping, uh, I'm hoping September 10th that I, I have some of his backstrap sitting on my grill, you know? So. so I've been hunting since I was, well, I've been hunting small game when I was a kid, but it's hunting deer. My mm-hmm. first deer hunt, I was 20, I think. Yeah. I'm now 46. I have never, ever, ever harvested a buck. Wow. I've only seen a buck twice. The first time I went hunting and then at 22 Plinkster's Place uh, about three or four years ago. Wow. I saw another one. And I have had, it, I, it's gotten to the point where it's a running joke on anything I've done where people know about it. Because... I've had people take me to their 2000 acre deer hunting farm. Like the only reason this farm exists is to hunt deer and grow big bucks. And I don't see a buck. And I've had people go, well, you must have some weird musk or some weird. I've hunted. I mean, I've harvested doe like crazy. It's no big deal. I mean, I've harvested deer. I just, I think I have some weird kind of stank. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to the point where I buried my clothes under this deer stand once overnight and went out there in long johns with all the scent off stuff and everything else and put the clothes on that were buried underground to smell more like the area where I was hunting. Didn't see a single buck. My buddy who was a hundred yards away got a monster buck. I didn't even see a buck. And it, funny, the the, the second time I saw one was so depressing because if I had a rifle, I would have harvested my first buck. But this was at Plankster's place and we were in a deer stand. We were bow hunting 
and with bow hunting if people have never done it you have to have a very clear shooting lane you don't want to shoot through brush or anything like that because if that if that arrow hits and nicks them they're going to bleed out and they're going to die a miserable death or whatever you want an accurate shot that's a kill shot so you have shooting lanes that you clear out from the stand you're in this freaking buck <laughs> so if this is the shooting lane he walks up and puts his head right at the edge of the shooting lane and starts <laughs> eating right there so all i can really shoot is his antlers and i drew back and i held for about two minutes and i was like okay this is too hard so i dropped it and i was like all right and he just stayed there and he kept eating and kept eating 20 30 minutes at least he was eating right there and never walked into the shooting lane so finally i was like maybe if i bleed so i took my little carl and i bleated and he lifted up and he looked around and he just went back to eating where he was like you gotta be kidding me and so i'm texting plinkster and i'm like dude this buck is right here and he won't walk into my shooting lane he's like was that you that bleeded i was like yeah and he's like oh my god so he started bleeding because he's up the hill and it would have drawn him into that shooting lane he looked up started eating after about 45 minutes that freaking buck looks up shakes turns the other direction and walks away through the brush <laughs> i'm like you gotta be kidding me so that's the last time i saw the buck a buck and everything else i've gotten was dough so your day's coming man stank on me you're gonna end up <laughs> killing like the the tennessee state record or something like that well, I'll tell you what, the world record was in my back, not ac my actual backyard, but right down the road from me. The one in Gallatin, Tennessee, about, was it four or five years ago? Mm -hmm. They got the world record. That was just right down the road from me. But when the wow. next time I go and I'm like, I'm going to get a buck, I'm going to wear the brightest Hawaiian shirt, freaking <laughs> blue jeans, tennis shoes, <laughs> and I'm going to wear my cologne. And I'm just going to go the polar opposite of everything I've been trained about hunting. Mm -hmm. Just to see if, okay, now a deer will show up. <laughs> I, yeah. I've heard cool yeah. water works. Throw on cool some water. Old cool, right. cool water. Yeah, and yeah. some Johnson's baby powder. <laughs> yeah. And, and play Return of the Mac real loud. And that, <laughs> oh, that deer see, come out. <laughs> I've been wearing my Drakkar Noor in the woods. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Drakkar. <laughs> uh, you're taking him back to high school right there. Yeah. Man, What's I got so funny is like in high school, we year. thought, oh, dude, the ladies love Drakkar. <laughs> and then now it's like, oh, you smell it and you're like, bleh, bleh. <laughs> man, you could smell me from three miles away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Polo, I think, was one too that was, for whatever oh, reason, yeah. was like big. I don't know whether it smelled good or CK, not. CK1. Yeah, dude. I tell you what, the CK1 story, anything like citrusy or clean on me, it smells like I pissed my pants. <laughs> I don't know what it is about my the chemicals in my body, but when CK1 came out and I'd smell it on people, I'm like, damn, that smells yeah. good. I want some of that. So I bought a bottle. <laughs> I, you would have thought I was spraying my own piss on me. It, it you smelled so like Ski's ankle in 1999. Oh my God. It was so bad. It was, yeah, it was, it was Oda Ski's ankle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, had, you had the Woodstock 99 cologne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty back. awesome. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. What else? It was obsession. There was curve. Oh, if yeah. you were, if you didn't oh, have a lot curve. of money, you get to, you get to wear a curve because it wasn't that expensive, but yeah. Uh, my, man, uh, that... my, my cousin that we're going to break out uh, pretty soon on like a Cousins and Characters episode, he used to wear Halston. And I don't Halston. know if y'all ever heard of Halston, but apparently 
he had a whole yeah. routine of splashing that stuff on and we'd be like dude oh. don't wear that he's like this is hosta man all the ladies love it <laughs> like you said he would just splash it on well, like, no, our, our problems were if we had a girlfriend in high school it didn't matter what we wore oh i love that on you but <laughs> in all reality you smelled like donkey ass <laughs> Dude, when I ran out of cologne, man, I would put like extra. I had the aerosol right guard. Oh, I spray, I spray wow. that shit all over my clothes, man. You smelled like a junior high locker room. <laughs> that that's is the shit awesome. you smelled. That's the shit you sprayed after you got done climbing the the rope and ringing yeah. the bell because the yeah. PE teacher was like, "Get up there, boy." <laughs> when you yeah, get down i, I want burpees climbing the rope in gym class <laughs> i never uh i don't remember wearing cologne in high school it wasn't until like i went in the army and, and it was cool water i think was the first cool water. cologne i bought but i'm being serious i don't remember of course like in high school i didn't have a shirt that had a collar or i didn't yeah it was all band t-shirts for the most part and a rope <laughs> belt i had a piece of rope for a belt <laughs> but i mean you didn't have yeah. the braided belt that you tied I, did, I did eventually. I broke yeah. out some pictures and uh, that I was shooting them out the other night, and it was the old braided braided uh, leather like like uh, brown belt. Yeah, <laughs> with like who you knows did the little knot that hung down to the oh, side. Oh yeah, it was it was horrible. But <laughs> yeah. I did have a piece of rope. I found a piece of rope in my uh, utility room because we had a a carport if anybody knows what that is <laughs> we had a carport and we had a utility room that's where our, our washer and dryer was but i found some random ass piece of rope when i was in high school i'm like man i could probably tie my pants so i hold my pants up because i wore like like old <laughs> vietnam era like bdu pants like army pants oh yeah so i've got pictures man like playing basketball like like pickup games of basketball and i'm wearing a rope belt and i would just tie a square knot in it and that was that's what I was wearing when I went to like basic training. Oh wow! <laughs> and, and had to get rid of all like my civilian clothes. I have a piece of rope. So anyway, that don't don't wear a piece of rope. It's not cool. It makes you look stupid. And I can imagine with, basic. It, get, it got pretty intense if you had a rope. Well, they you know they were like telling me these are called boots. You put them on your feet. You know where you come from. We know you don't wear shoes. You know stuff like that. Like they acted <laughs> like I was like from the mountains or something. I'm like. I'm from a city. I'm like from a very big city. They're like, no, nah, you're, you're but, some little red. But, you, but at least you didn't smell like piss. Yeah. That's true, man. That's <laughs> Which yeah. Ski and I both have for different reasons, <laughs> but we both smelled like piss. <laughs> Mine, I was th thinking I made myself smell good. Yeah. His was, ski, he was being ski was in a state of fear. Like, <laughs> all right, I don't need Yeti spaghetti man here today. <laughs> Knock my teeth out and camel smash me like Conan. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, it was definitely Mr. Larson from Happy Gilmore. Oh me, how long do y'all's podcast lot. usually go? Because I mean, <laughs> keep going. as long as we want them to go, man. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. So you, yeah, you usually we don't go for three straight hours and talk music, but we've been dying to talk music, and it's like one of those things that yeah, man. This is this sometimes is, this people is really great. like talking music, and sometimes they don't. And wasn't people it, even been, wasn't it yeah. you that was want me to come on and do a show where we talk about our favorite movie or something like that? Yeah, so I was with um, Jason Piccolo. He and I had okay. a, a podcast doing movies, and yeah. and it was really cool. But we but it was like a live podcast. Yeah, and man, I couldn't. There were times when I couldn't make it, so we had to cancel. And it always uh, made me feel bad. And then he ended up, um, 
he shifted and, and started one with these two other guys that's really good. Like, and, and all his podcasts are good, but we had fun doing the movie stuff. It's just I couldn't I couldn't do a live show, man. I just yeah. because of the scheduling or I might get called out for something. And, and then, I was like, so like, ready to do Deadpool. <laughs> oh yeah, I know, I know. I was like, <clears throat> I told him I was like, man, we got it lined up. Like, I don't, we're we're gonna nerd out on some Deadpool and stuff. Oh yeah, we'll we'll have to just come. You have to come back on and we'll talk. Deadpool. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Zeke's gonna have to do a whole other show where he actually tells people about what he does and stuff. Because yeah. oh, we yeah. talked about his. <laughs> I was gonna promote stuff and shit. Oh. <laughs> no, dude, shit. this has been awesome. Yeah, so no, we'll let, have. Let, let's, we'll have another show where we'll just have people pick the topics because people have been asking us like y'all need to talk more about music and we're like we will i mean shit we'll talk music all damn day yeah but you know a lot of a lot of times people are like ah we can talk a little music but like i could i listen to everything yeah that's all i want to talk about is music man skeet what's your pick man what's your pick right now i'm going with man this is kind of that's kind of a little full circle thing but the artist i have been jamming so what what he's asking me zeke is what am i listening to on repeat right now oh and, i was uh, like yeah. oh i did i missed the question i'm gonna <laughs> yeah no nah. I'm, I'm filling you <laughs> in man so right now i'm listening to um we recorded an episode uh a while back with brock bevel and he turned us on to a guy named ben fuller and i'm jamming ben fuller right now he's got a song called wide awake and i can't get enough of it, have to check it out. yeah oh yeah it's strong it's strong so and I'm that's going... more what does it sound like that like like comparative what is it because we've been uh, talking about metal and punk this guy. Right? he's yeah that guy yeah. yeah he's a christian rock dude um he's got vocals he's in nashville or he's in tennessee somewhere but he's got a really cool story of redemption but and, is uh, it is it good christian rock or is it like old christian rock where you're like oh my god is this actually music <laughs> Are we going? Are we are we talking about like Scott Stapp and Creed? Oh my God! <laughs> no, Paul, I felt I'm going. Blood pressure raised just then. Jesse, yeah, I just got angry. Yes. Remember that show on MTV, Celebrity Deathmatch? Yes. There was yeah. one where Scott Stapp and yes. Fred Durst fought. I need yeah. to pull that up on YouTube later, man. Yes. But yeah, I'm going with Ben Fuller. The song is "Wide Awake." That's my pick for right now. Mm. Zeke, what about you, man? What have you been on, uh, like, in the last week? What has been your song or your band? So I'm pulling up stuff that I have, like, well, of course, Slipknot's released, the what is it, three new singles that are going to be on the new album. They're pretty good. Um, And then I found out a few years ago with my dad and I doing the DNA test that I have Viking lineage, which... It never made sense to me why he always said Scotch Irish and I'm this giant dark hair, blue eye guy. I'm like, I, I don't have the red hair. I'm not, you know, whatever. And when the DNA test came back, they're like, Oh yeah, Norway, Iceland, all that. I'm like, Oh, Viking. Okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> but I'm on a Marth. Have you listened? Oh, to heck yeah, oh, dude. I've been on a big kick of theirs. Their new album the is, is, awesome and for people then, that don't know the metal world but, they are considered but a guy that i metal. really got into and the the showrunner for our tv show turned me on to him is and i'm trying to find his name dang it the white buffalo have y'all heard him Mm-mm. he's kind of this dark crooner kind of guy he did a few of the songs from son of An- sons of anarchy 
He did okay. the. Uh, did you? There, there was a murder scene in Sons of Anarchy where they played House of the Rising Sun, but it wasn't the mm-hmm. original band. It was this, you know, deep dark kind of. That's him. Mm-hmm. And his stuff is so good, so so mm-hmm. good. It's 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 kind of like that depression mu- music that'll pull you out of depression. You know, mm-hmm. like people don't understand. They're like, why do you listen to blues? It's so depressing. It's like you don't understand listening to it pulls you out of that dark place mm-hmm. you have to go kinda, through the emotions man you yeah can't avoid you feel them. it and you're like oh and you might cry and you might get down but afterwards you're just like yeah yeah i feel mm. that you know that's this guy's kind of got that bluesy country rocky thing going but uh, yeah the white buffalo he's he, yeah i like him a lot i have to check that out <clears throat> what you got bc <clears throat> i'm going with Actually, and, and he, I gotta uh-huh. put put my mix mixing board back on Bluetooth and play it for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm going with Flatfoot Fifty Six. It's an older band. I say older only because it's about maybe like ten years old. <clears throat> um, they got about two or three albums out. But even when you talk about Sons of Anarchy, I think one of their songs made one of the seasonal Sons of Anarchy. Uh, Shining Eyes. I, I think that. But either way, you, you can listen to any of their stuff flatfoot 56 they're out of chicago they're like the nicest guys you would ever meet like like legit uh like old school punk but with like a folk kind of sound to it mixing a little bit of bagpipes and stuff every now and then but they they used to play shows here a lot when they would tour and they were always really cool hang out and talk to so like a lot of people want good music, go check out Flatfoot 56. And you saying that makes me think of like, I, I haven't even listened to him, but the way you described him makes me think of like three piece bands. Like mm-hmm. the devil makes three is one of my favorites. I don't know if y'all ever heard him, but it's usually an upright bass, a fiddle yeah. and something else, you know, yeah, they like that folksy kind of. Yeah. They came through and opened for social distortion a couple years ago. It was like yeah. social distortion, maybe Flog and Molly, but yeah, I caught just a little bit of their set. It was pretty good. I love anything with an upright bass too, man. Oof. All right, here, here's the white buffalo guy. There is a house in Charming Town. They call the rising sun. Wow. And it's been the ruin of many a poor girl. In me, oh God, I'm one. So it's just that. That's good, dude. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's something about his voice. It's just like chilling and almost. That's a little Johnny Cash like, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah. or like, uh, man, Ralph, I forget his name now, man. Off of the uh, Old Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Not, is it Ralph, like not Ralph Emery. Not is Ralph. It? No. I can't remember, but uh, like one of the songs he has on that they have on that song, but that idea where someone can just kind of sing something and you know, Colton, was it Colton Waller? Is that his name? Y'all heard that singer? Oh yeah. 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 He's got the kind of that voice too. Like that, almost like the old kind of Johnny Cash, that sincere sounding storyteller. Maybe I did Ralph Stanley, Ralph Stanley. That's it. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Old death. Yeah. 
Uh, Man, we didn't we didn't even get to talk about like how I got into all the stuff I did with the podcast and entertainment. I know. Stuff. Well, that was on my damn list, man. And we got to talk about music, and I'm like, Metal. man, it, I was like, man, they're enjoying it too much. I can't I can just have, interrupt, man. I'll be honest, I'm not that tired, but I, I mean, what we can we can we can push on another 20 minutes if y'all want. Well, I mean, the the podcast thing is simple. It, it, mm-hmm. You know, and if you wanted to go down that road to how I got to the TV show, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I started, get you know, grew up, like I said, born in Texas, raised in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're handed a rifle when you're when you're born, <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I I was around guns, but I wasn't a gun guy. And then uh, in my early 30s, uh, I got into I, I bought a revolver, and I'm I'm the type of guy that I, I get obsessed with stuff I want to learn about, mm-hmm. and so I just dove in head first. And I did, and I, I wanted to learn everything there was to know about a revolver because let's face it, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Guns are tools designed to kill. Right. And if you were going to take on that responsibility of, of owning and carrying and being around a tool designed to kill, you need to learn as much as you can about it, you know, for safety reasons and, and training reasons. And I started off with YouTubes, you know, you know mm-hmm. whether it's Hickok 45 or, you know, military arms, you know, all these guys that I'm now friends with, uh, you know, they kind of taught me a lot of the stuff that I, I started branching my knowledge out with. And then I got into podcast. And at the time there weren't a whole lot of good entertaining gun podcasts. There was a handful, you know, firearms are radio network had just really kind of started and they had some good ones. But the majority of ones I was listening to are is kind of like you remember the sweaty balls sketch on Saturday Night Live. That's <laughs> yeah, what it was like. Yeah. I was like, okay, today we're going to talk about the Glock, which is a striker fired <laughs> pistol. Um, it's chambered in anything from nine millimeter to forty five and even ten. millimeter, it's got a got a big round. <laughs> like that ten millimeter round, don't you, PC? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of like this boring you yeah. get good knowledge and if you wanted to learn about whatever it was they were talking to, you had to force yourself to listen to it and you'd learn it. Mm-hmm. But it was just bizarre that it wasn't entertaining. So uh, a buddy of mine was a little deeper into gun well, a lot deeper into guns than I was at the time. And I called him up, Marty. Uh we called him left hand on the show and we started talking lead. And you know, we just, we were two guys that were learning what everything we could about guns, but we were letting people experience it with us. And then it kind of evolved into this thing where it kind of was like you were in a cabin somewhere shooting the shit with your buddies. And so people really latched on. We get, we got a big veteran following and a big active duty following because they loved listening to it with their buddies in the barracks or wherever else. And then we had Hickok 45 on the show. After that episode, we were in 117 countries. Whoa. And it was like we exploded. <laughs> we were huge all of a sudden. It was, mm-hmm. it was crazy. It was a whirlwind kind of thing. We never, we thought we were just doing this to learn. You know, we were recording mm-hmm. our learning process online mm-hmm. and it took off. We were getting sponsors. And um, I was working for a company that was a conglomerate of, you know, car dealerships and insurance companies and radio stations and all this stuff. We actually recorded talking lead in a Mexican radio station. <laughs> oh, sh- that's like Wolfman Jack. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. so, it was so fun. We, we did. Um, 
and so we we grew it pretty big and then uh i went to i I wanted to get away from that because i didn't really have a passion for it it was one of my buddies from high school that had built this massive empire and i was working for him but it wasn't what i was passionate about i was passionate about firearms at this point so i parlayed that into one of our sponsors working for them this was the gunsmithing school and became their executive vice president and did some podcast stuff with them. And then that's when uh, Vanessa Mandrell and I became buddies uh, from the Mandrell sisters. Uh, she wasn't. Her mom was Erlene Mandrell. Uh, her mm-hmm. mom was the ditzy blonde. Uh, and yeah. uh, and I'll, I would say that to Erlene's face. She is right. the sweetest lady in the world. But I yeah. would tell her that. <laughs> and yeah. she'd laugh yeah. at it and admit it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, the but it it was it was fun and we we started it off uh as a little podcast i believe did we go podcast or no no we started off as a fm show in nashville on mm. 99.7 and it took off i mean we were in the slot on 5 a.m on saturday mornings and you know that's the hunting show you know and it, and even that show was kind of like all right well you know it's deer season but also you can fish right now and down at percy priest lake you know the fish are biting over at this you know and it was just kind of like giving yeah. a fishing and hunting report it wasn't anything yeah. entertaining well we come in vanessa is you know she comes from country royalty and she's a stand-up comedian and i'm just a goofball and we're just having fun and we're we're not giving fishing and, and we got a lot of complaints at first oh where's the guy that, well he retired we're new where this is who we are <laughs> yeah but yeah. we were doubling and tripling his ratings so the station was loving it and we kind of started putting it on podcasts as well it was called oh by the way the, the name was awesome i can't take credit vanessa takes all credit for it. it's projectile dysfunction <laughs> <laughs> Wow, <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna start it back up again at some point. Oh, good. Um, good she, she had a baby, and we kind of took a hiatus from it, and we hadn't really got back to it yet. But um, it was a blast. But the best compliment we ever got was actually a complaint, and because I'm of the philosophy, if I'm going to do something, I'm gonna find who did this the best, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna learn from them. Well, who do you think of when you think of radio DJ? Howard Stern. Um, Stern. Oh, number one radio DJ in history, right? Yep. I thought we were going books. I read his books. I started listening to his show more. I, I studied it, and 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 the cool little things that I got. You know, they they're kind of the same way. They try to here lately. They've not avoided it, but you know, they try to avoid politics and religion. But here lately, they've gotten a little more political. But Mm. one of the coolest things that I got from them was when you go to commercial break, don't allow anybody to talk. Because this happened to us several times. Inevitably, when you're on a commercial break, something golden happens. Hilarious, mm. awesome story. But then if you try to recreate it when you come back, it just feels fake. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like uh, you can't get it. You can't get that mm-hmm. vibe back anymore. So that was a rule we kind of put in place with our radio show. But uh, it, But the compliment we got... <clears throat> was this old guy wrote i can't remember if he wrote in or if he actually called in but he's like what is this crap i'm listening to on saturday morning this is not the old guy yeah. that used to tell us about the fish <laughs> holes 
He goes, I could learn more about the outdoors listening to Howard Stern than listening to these guys. And we were like, yes, <laughs> we, like, we got compared to Howard Stern. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm taking yeah, notes right now, yeah. too, because BC and I still don't know what we're doing, man. We got this podcast going. and uh, we This just, is fun. This is, yeah. this is the, I mean, when, when we start at 8.15 and it's now 10.03, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. you're doing something right. I'm enjoying yeah, it, man. I could have been those guys that we, I've interviewed before. We were like, so Zeke, tell us about yourself. Um, I go, I, I run MGS. And you're like, oh, God. And the pistol and the gun and, and you know, and, and, uh, and you I get hunt. the one. Oh, what do you like about hunting? It's fun. It's fun, yeah. And you're just like, oh, crap. It's, this is going to be a nightmare of an interview. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's what bizarre though is when you get the ones that are like where you're talking before you start recording, you're like, Oh, this is gonna be great. This guy's fun. And the, the moment yeah. he does this, yeah. Hi. Uh huh. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Well, <laughs> no. And right, you're just right. like, I can't give it to you at all. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I did one podcast, and the running joke is always that I talk way too much. So on here I really pump the brakes, but I did a like as a guest on a podcast, and it <laughs> skis like yeah, it's true. The dude asked me like basically one question in the beginning, and I talked for I think like twenty five or twenty seven minutes. Dude, you're the greatest Great. interviewee ever. <laughs> That's though. what he said. We had a blast, but and uh, he brought me back to do some stuff with his college students. But it was just funny because he he was like that was great, man. Like I didn't expect you to cover all that about gangs or whatever, but. But but on the flip side, it's like whenever we're talking to people, I tr I try not to damn ramble on or or take it up. But I love when we have guests like you, like when you come on and we start talking, it's it's just a normal conversation. It's not like oh, so tell us about the first high point pistol that you bought, you know, or yeah. the first, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. ah, just talk, man. Well, and, and and people don't get how tough it is to interview. It's and you know, there, there's one guest that I've had on every show I've had, and I've had him several times on the show, but he's extremely divisive because, and I don't understand why, you know, I, I guess I kind of understand cause he's opinionated and he talks a lot. Um, but it's Rob Pincus. I don't know if y'all know who that is or not. I, I know the name and face. Yeah, he's um, a, yeah. he's a well-known firearms instructor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and he is intense, but he's mm -hmm. one of those guys that you're like, talk about the color blue and you can take a nap like he'll go okay yeah and you're just like oh yeah. this is so easy <laughs> yeah 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 that's definitely me yeah <laughs> like ski, Those are ski, yeah ski will mention something and then 20 minutes later he's already like prepared dinner probably done his taxes or whatever yeah. and i'm oh, still yeah. rambling on <laughs> just talking away man no yeah. i'll tell you this bc you got good at uh you, you did you you figured out how to tone it back because he can talk i mean the yeah. dude can talk for four hours without coming up for air man yeah, yeah. which is I, impressive and it's always entertaining yeah not always but, not always but yeah <laughs> I, I do i do pump the brakes a lot we do tell uh, a lot of stories too i, I bet you get some good ones too I need to, we need to restart project all this function, have both y'all come on to that. Show. Man, that would be do fun, it, man. Do I, then that's the thing. Like we haven't really done any guest spots yet, uh, yeah. for the disruptor stuff, like on other shows. Um, but cause we're always, you know, trying to bring guests on and we will do episodes every now and then where it's just maybe us talking, you know, about, uh, police stuff or whatever. Sure. But, um, 
but yeah, get it back going, dude. I love like really good podcasts and I, yeah. I'll listen to other podcasts and it's one of those things where, like where sometimes people have really good ideas, um, but either they talk themselves out of like just relaxing and, and talking or I don't know. It just kind of, sometimes I'm it'll thinking, either fall flat or I'm know. thinking we're still out there. Hang on projectile. I love that name. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yep. We're good. still out there. And I remember watching good. the Mandrell sisters when I was like little. Like well, listen little to kid. the episode. Episode 12 has her mom on it. And it's probably one of oh, the funniest okay. episodes we did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Zeke, but, I got yeah. a, I got a good way to wrap this up, man. So one of our things that we really like to push is like the positive mental attitude and just kind of getting people out of the, the holes that, that we crawl ourselves into. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you've been on TV, you've been successful and running, you know, you know, working at, the company you're working with and all that. What's, what's something that you can give the listeners that just kind of, you know, on those days where it's, it's tough to get out of bed. Like what, what is your routine in that? Or what is something that you do to just kind of push through Cry it? Cry in man? the fetal position. Perfect. <laughs> That's perfect, man. Works every time. <laughs> no, it's just know that. I mean, I, I hate cliches. I really do, but there's some that are just, dead on and you can't avoid them and this too shall pass i mean that's yeah. everything goes away in time especially the negative stuff and if if you are working to fix it and it's not fixing if you're meditating praying thinking whatever you do whatever your choice is and it's not working if you're trying to change the environment and it's not working it's gonna eventually pass it doesn't stay bad for a long i mean I went pretty dark when the show got canceled mm. and I mean, not suicidal or anything, but you know, I got, I was bummed out. That was my dream and I got it. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, mm. no more. And it, it was tough. Um, but I, I, when you hear it in the moment, this it's going to pass, you'll get, it'll go away. You don't believe it. You, you, it kind of pisses mm. you off when you hear it. You're like, no, no, this is shit. This is horrible. But it does. It, it go. It passes by. Um, the biggest thing I think that that has helped me a lot, and I'm I've never been an alcoholic. I'm not a big drinker, but when I am going through tough times, I've learned to avoid alcohol. A lot of people mm. go to it, but mm -hmm. from someone, you know, my background is the medical field. I spent 13 years in the medical field before I got into any of this gun stuff, and I, my degrees in biology and sports medicine. And, uh, alcohol is a central nervous system depressant and people don't realize you feel great while you're drinking. But if, if your level is here before you start drinking and you drink and you're up here and you feel great while you're drinking the next day, you're down here mm. where you're, you're mean, your, your baseline was up here before. Well, the drinking, that central nervous system depressant made you come down here. So, you know, avoid stuff that will intoxicate you just so you're trying to avoid whatever the situation is. Sit with it. That's another big thing. Sit with the negativity. Sit with the bad thing and, and sit there and go, I feel bad. I feel mad. I feel sad. Whatever that negative feeling is, sit with it. And the biggest thing, and I teach my kids this all the time, and I'll stop with this one, is as you're sitting with it, what is it teaching you? Mm. You know, I don't, I tell my kids, they both play sports. I played sports. 
yes, there's wins and losses on the on the record book. Yes, there's wins and losses on the scoreboard, but quit thinking of it like that. Thinking of it, think of it as there's wins and learning. You know, mm-hmm. you lost. Why did you lose? You not lose next time. And that's the biggest thing is if you get in down or bad situations, if you're, if you're in a negative thought process, what is that teaching you? Because if you just get stuck in the negativity, then you just become a negative person. Right. And mm-hmm. none of us want to do that. I mean, some people do because they want the attention, but for the most part, the majority of us don't want to be in that state. So what is this teaching me? All right. I may not feel awesome tomorrow, but it taught me this lesson that I'm going to apply a week from now when I feel good enough to where I can apply it. So, yeah, that's what I got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, that's fantastic advice, honestly. Yeah. That's I'll awesome. <laughs> no, no, I, I love it, dude. I was going to say it. That's that's what some people need to hear. I dig it. And Hey, Zeke, how, how, can, uh, how can people find you? Um. For me, uh, my social media stuff is pretty much all Zeke, Z-E-K-E underscore stout, S-T-O-U-T. Uh, the big one is Modern Gun School. Like I said, if you're interested in becoming a gunsmith or somebody you know, even, you know, your your nephew, your niece, whoever wants to become a gunsmith, your buddy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's mgs.edu. You can go there and click the enroll now button, or you can click the request more info button. And our admissions team is awesome. They'll give you a call within 48 hours and say, Hey, you're interested in enrolling. I say that if you do it on a Friday night, you're probably not going to get a call till Monday. So just, up on that. um, yeah, you, you can, find out more about it there that it's a phenomenal program you know i've been around it for you know since 2014 and i would venture to say we have one of the best curriculum for it you know from a distance learning perspective uh with a ton of hands-on projects too so people really get into and a pile of tools as you're done so yeah mgs.edu for that perfect i dig it cool disruptors out